Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andy's Season 9, Episode 14. My name is Andy Baylor and this is... Andy Cockerill. And together we are... The Good... Good <laughs> Robot, robot Andy. Andy's. No, we're not even taking a run at that. <laughs> that went Although really we well did. from my point of view. That's going to be fun on the podcast when you try and edit that together. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, what do we normally do? Um, yeah, oh, the thing we're going to talk about this evening is <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about uh, a TV show mm-hmm. that we've that we've spoken about. Actually, we talk about probably every week on this podcast. Yeah, do you think the listeners heard of heard of this <clears throat> show? I think maybe they have right. in its different guises. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk about season eleven of The Walking Dead. But not just season eleven. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about the second tranche of episodes tranche. that have just finished. We oui. on if you're in the UK, they're on Disney Plus streaming service. Mm-hmm. If you're elsewhere in the world, I don't know what they're on. They're on whoever, <coughs> whichever venal I corporation um, yes. bought the rights. Um, but do we have any other business? Um, I don't think so. We know talk about. Oh no, you're going to talk about that later. The thing that you went to see. So I thought, well, why don't I talk about it now and then it, then yeah, go on, leave then. the later section yeah. more pure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this last week I went to see Tool, uh, probably my favourite band. Okay. Um, at the O2 in London. Um, it was, it was absolutely amazing. I loved it. I I, I pretty much love all of their music and I especially like the latest album and one of their earliest albums, which is called Undertow. And they played a couple off Undertow and they played plenty off the latest album. They've gone really prog. They're, um, oh, they like a bit of prog. They're, I mean, they're still metal, but they're... They, oh, they're prog metal. The latest album is... Every track is like 10 minutes. Oh, okay, that kind of prog. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, um, Yeah. they're really awesome. Um, I was worried about sitting down because it was seated, but actually... Everyone stood up in my section. We fortunately we were right near the front in the middle, because people nice. on the outside were like just sitting watching. I was like, mm. um, but yeah, we were all standing up, and it's quite difficult to dance to. You know, there's like it's all in like eleven fifteen time or whatever. Like it's so, but yeah, we were sort of jiggling around. Um, so you you enjoy the enjoy the musicianship and the yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It, it was it was unbelievably loud. I right. I actually wish I'd brought earplugs. Earplugs. I've had yeah. I've had ringing in my ears. I had a bit today. I've had some for a few days since then. Yeah, that's bad. Um <clears throat> which is When you get older, these are things you need to carry to a gig. Which is worrying me a yeah. little bit. Well, when you're younger you yeah. should carry them to a gig and then you don't have to worry about it so much when you're older, right? So Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. So yeah, that's what I should have done, listener. Yeah. Now I have tinnitus in both ears <laughs> and hearing impairment in one, so Thanks very much, younger self. Yeah, so I should have listened. Wearing earplugs. I should have listened to you, and uh, <laughs> taken some earplugs. I, I, I didn't think about the fact that well, I didn't know we were going to sit near the front, but I didn't think about the fact that the O2 is a very big venue, and they yes. they fill it with sound using some. The sound system is pretty good there, isn't enormous it? Enormous so speakers. Yeah. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the experience. I decided not to worry about that once I'd arrived. And it was too late. Yes, of course. And yeah. uh, it was amazing. I think I think Tool are truly amazing. And Excellent. I, it, was, it was particularly good because I went to see them a few years ago in London and I kind of felt like they didn't want to be there. Um, and I didn't really enjoy it. 
and this time I felt like they did want to be there and I wanted to be there and everything was right. It was amazing. That's always good. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so there's been some news this week oh, about right. a about a thing that we occasionally reference on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll just do a quote and then you can tell me what it is. Okay. Okay. Well, it's not your job to be as confused oh. as Nigel is. I saw this news as well. So, yes. so yeah, Spinal Tap. Another Spinal yep. Tap, which will either be awful 2024. or amazing. Yep. They're all getting back together again. Sadly, drummer Rick Shrimpton has died recently, so he won't be involved in it. Or maybe he will in some form. <laughs> maybe it's all a joke. But the, yeah, the, the death of drummers is a running joke in, in Spinal Tap, so that's particularly yes, poignant. <clears throat> yes, one of them was, um, he died in a bizarre gardening accident. <laughs> and the other one was... He ch- choked on vomit, but we don't know whose vomit. <laughs> and, then, and then one of them says, you can't really dust for vomit. <laughs> so yes, there'll be, there's a new Spinal Tap. Rob Reiner is back on board directing. He's also playing Mart- Marty de Berge. Uh, and uh, the three, the core three members are back. So Harry Shearer, Christopher Guest, and the other one. I can't remember his name, but I will get to it in a moment. So I... Um, Yes, they're all back. So I imagine listener. I think our listener's quite young. It's probably never heard of Spinal Tap. So maybe you should no, uh, no you should explain. So Spinal Tap came out in 1984, um, a long time ago. <clears throat> it was a spoof rocket, probably the first spoof rockumentary mm-hmm. of its kind. So a documentary all about a fake rock band. So good. Um, but it's so authentically done that. <laughs> Unless you know who Patrick McNee is, who appears at the very beginning of the film at a party, who plays the head of a record company, if you didn't know who that was, you'd think it was a real thing. <laughs> uh, but, but once you see him, you're like, okay, well, why is an actor? What's an actor doing in this? What's going on here? I, um, um, I saw a thing yeah. about it today saying that, that part of its success was a, a large number of people thought it was real. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Because it is just so good. It's just it utterly hilarious. brilliant and funny and quotable and all those things. So that came out in 1984. It's been a cult success since then. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They've actually toured a couple of times, um, like small tours. They played at Glastonbury Festival a few years ago. Right, playing the music. Playing the music mm-hmm. with Jarvis Cocker, guest starring, <laughs> playing the bass on Big Bottom, which was fun. <laughs> The music's not great, though, so I'm not sure I'd, I'd pay to go see them. I might see them. Some of it's okay. So I quite like, <coughs> excuse me. So I quite like some of the music on the the follow up album, which came in the nine, came out in the nineties, okay. called "Break Like the Wind." <laughs> so some of the stuff on that is actually quite fun. Right. Okay. Mainly because the production values have improved a lot. Right. 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 Uh, and they've got some good guest musicians on it. But yeah, it's not. I've never great. been a it's fan fun. of um, of comedy music, to be honest. Okay. So. And it is funny. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is a follow-up to that. Uh, the story is that their their manager, who has died, um, left a thing in his will saying that if he dies, then they have to get together and play one gig. Right, and then they get <laughs> the cash they or ha- something. Yeah, yeah exactly, yes. So, but they, they haven't been speaking to each other since they split up. And they really don't like the documentary maker, right? So No, exactly. They don't like him either. So, But they all have to get back together and make this thing, which I think will just be amazing. Oh, that's a really good setup. So that, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm optimistic. Yeah. 
I'm really looking forward to it. So we've got a long wait then. Um, I didn't even know that they were American for a long time. Right. I thought that they were all British actors until oh. quite a long time after the movie came yeah, out. Yeah, I don't think I knew that. Um, mainly because their accents are kind of nondescript mid mid Atlantic accents, so you just you just think they sound like musos. They they I mean they're a bit brummy and stuff, aren't they? They're, they're, it's not a classic yeah. accent that an American would do. So yeah, no, no, not at all. I guess no. I mean it's I guess it's based on uh, <clears throat> Iron Maiden or no? Who do I mean? Iron Maiden aren't British, are they? They are. Oh, are yeah. they? Are they? Maybe it is I think Iron they Maiden. just sound a bit like the Stones, really. The Stones. When you hear Mick Jagger and. Maybe right. if you can understand anything that Keith Richards says these days, then. <laughs> but I think they just sound a bit like that. It's kind of based. They sound like people who. It's kind know. of based on Iron Maiden, though, right? I mean, it. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, there's probably a, li- um, a bit of um, oh, what's his name? You know, the bloke who's gone on to be a reality TV star. Uh, that's a big list. Who's a, who's a like? Brummy rock musician. Brummy. Come on, you. Brummy rock. You'll know. You'll know it when I when we finally get to <laughs> I it. I don't know. A brummy rock musician who's gone on to become a reality TV. Yeah, star. they did a show about following around their family. Oh, cover. yeah, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ozzy yeah, Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's got a very strong brummy accent. Yeah, he has. <clears throat> Even now. Sharon, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, that one. Yeah, people like that don't change their accents. No, they don't have to. They can afford not to. So that that's that's the other big news this week is yeah. that there's a there's a follow up to Spinal Tap. But we have to wait a long time. Yeah, 2024. That's coming out. Now I read today in in relation to that that it's going on sale at Cannes. So things uh, the Cannes Film Festival mm-hmm. films get sold. So um, for people to invest in, oh, for, oh, oh, I see. Not uh, not for distribution, but for make yeah. to make it. Yes, exactly. Right, right, right. <clears throat> um, but the rights are also available for the original film. So oh. I think the idea is that whoever invests in it also has to buy up the rights to the original film and then distribute the, them both at the same time. So we might get a re-release, right? Which will be fun, right? Yeah. And I, it, that might that be an incentive for some people if they get the rights to? Yes, definitely. I think that's why they're film. offering them. Yeah, that's why they're offering them both. Yeah, yeah. smart. That's right. Yeah, I think so. Even if it totally yeah. bombs, you've still got quite a valuable. Asset. I don't think it will. No, <clears throat> no, no. I think it's going to be massive. Well, I don't think it'll be massive. I think it will do well, and it's, then it will find its feet on streaming services and on the thing is disc forever, basically. <laughs> There, there's a huge market of people our age with enough disposable income to waste it on, on yeah. like overpriced special editions and all that, where you might, you really rake in the cash. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I did. I would definitely. I I think I've got two versions of this is Spinal Tap on various formats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll just buy another one. I was on the uh, the Tool website just before I went to see Tool, and there were people on there begging them to release a vinyl version of their latest album and right. saying things yeah. like, I would pay any amount of money for this if you would <laughs> release it. And they have released it and it's like a hundred quid or something. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. But they probably won't be seeing much of that though because vinyl gets produced in such short runs these days that it costs a lot of money to produce it. Really? Yeah. Right. Surely um, not that much. Because it's it's not a mass market thing anymore. Right. 
So that means it's so they probably won't be sensible seeing that much to make it. it massively overpriced. Ridiculous. It's not sensible, or it is sensible. It is. Well, I mean, not, not, you know, it's sensible in the sense that it costs a lot to make. Yeah. How, how silly the whole thing. <laughs> how silly. How silly. Yes. Um, right. Should we crack on with Walking Dead? Let's crack on with Walking Dead. Unless we got anything else. <laughs> no, come on. <clears throat> 12 minutes. Okay. Come on then. Let's do this. All right. Um, so so we're talking here about the second eight episodes. The eight episodes that come out in the second tranche. So last yes. time, we, we did talk in a previous episode about episodes one to eight. Yes. And like, I think my general impression was a bit weak. And then there was one standalone episode that was like a really good horror film. Yeah. And the rest of it, like I could do without the whole, um, what do they call it? The community? The Commonwealth. Oh, yeah. I, I just didn't, I wasn't buying into the Commonwealth. Uh, but that's starting to get interesting now. Um, but then we come to this tranche. <coughs> yes. And yes, there is more Commonwealth stuff. Um, but I agree, it is starting to get interesting. So let's, should we go through episode yeah. by episode? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. So okay. episode nine, which came out in February, is called No Other Way. Now, it's interesting to note that although these episodes are named, mm-hmm. we never see the name in the titles of the episode. So, frankly, they could call it anything they want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd never know about it. Um, but, yeah, it's called No Other Way, and it follows up from episode eight, which came out last November, So uh, in which... Uh, Negan, Maggie, Daryl, and Gabriel, and some other cannon fodder people are in serious trouble. Yeah, so this is like a <clears throat> um, a kind of desperate um, scramble for survival type thing. What are they doing? Yeah. They're, going, they're still trying to get food? Yes, they're trying to get food and supplies. Food off the, um, off the Reapers. The Reapers, yes. Because the Reapers have taken over the camp that Maggie used to be in. And That's right, and they don't seem to be very nice. Yeah, and the problem is, this episode, and with many of the episodes in this series, that that list of people you said who are on this mission are all invincible. They do appear to be, don't they? Um, <coughs> so, oh, by the way, this ep- this uh, podcast is going to contain spoilers. Oh, yeah, spoiler-tastic, yeah. Um, and so, Daryl... Obviously isn't going to die. Maggie obviously isn't going to die. Even Gabriel obviously isn't going to die. No. Um, Negan isn't going to die. So what So what they do is, they in this episode, they kill off one of the people who can die. Yes, who is Alden, Who's who is one Alden. of Maggie's people. So I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I was fairly convinced that Maggie cared about him, but I just didn't care about him. Like, I don't know if that's because I'm too old you know and i've watched two, the old episodes and if i'd been watching more recently i'd have got attached to him or something but i don't know there seem to be so many characters around who are you know who they are you know a little bit about them but it's totally fine for them to die so those are the ones that die yeah yeah um surprise surprise so that core does manage to escape however um Maggie then does something that's very Maggie and shoots a bunch of them in the back, even though they were going to let them go. Yeah. Uh, and then, but doesn't manage to shoot Leia. Yeah. Who is uh, Daryl's ex yeah. from series 
10, I think. Um, uh, however, Negan, Negan sees this and says to Maggie, I'm not going to let you do that to me. So he says, essentially, I'm not going to let you shoot me in the back. So he, walks so he leaves. And he then, leaves and, the group. And meanwhile, Daryl notices, like, they, they all go off trying to find Leah when she runs yep. off. And Daryl blatantly knows where she is, says some stuff out loud, like knowing that she can hear, but basically saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go. Because he still, yes. he still has some empathy for her. Yeah, I think it's misplaced empathy, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I can see her point of view. It's just, uh, yeah, she is an enemy now. And he, That's right. So maybe we could could we say that's a bad decision by Daryl? Daryl almost never makes. I think bad it's a decisions. poor. De- I don't. No, I think it is a poor decision. I think Daryl has become emotionally compromised. But I don't like Maggie's decision. Like I actually think Daryl's just resisting Maggie's decision to just shoot them in the back. Yeah, her decision is terrible. I it's see. really cold blooded, and it's a it's a very Negan move actually. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a cold blooded Negan move. So um, Negan. And I think that's why Negan recognizes that for what it is. Yeah, so he's off, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I thought Negan was going to be around. Don't well, worry. Maybe he will be. <laughs> Don't worry. But um, we then fast forward. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. Um, where we see Maggie is leading a community in the ruins of Hilltop and has a standoff with some Commonwealth soldiers who is then revealed to be the leader of them is Daryl. And... This, like, it's supposed to be this big thing of like, oh, no, Daryl's joined the Commonwealth, or what's going on there, you know. But actually, Daryl never makes mistakes, as I just mentioned. Yeah. So it's obviously not that he's, like, changed sides and he's now with the Commonwealth. And the payoff for this that comes later in this tranche is just exactly what you expected. It's just like... Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's not, uh, not actually, you know, so... When I saw that flash forward, I was like, yeah, it's not going to be, is it? And then it wasn't. I was like, yeah, it wasn't, was it? And it was slightly yeah. disappointing. That's right. Uh, <sighs> so then we... Um, we uh, So let's move on to the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, episode 10. <clears throat> this is called New Haunts. Mm-hmm. And this is set a month after the Alexandrians entered the Commonwealth. Right. So, how, um, where did we get to in the yeah. last tranche? Are they are they just agreed they were going to go into the Commonwealth? Yes. Yeah. Because it was all getting a bit. It was hard to survive. Yeah. So they. Yeah. They. Yeah. So Daryl and Rosita and other members of the of Alexandria have joined the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Um, but much of the group is still struggling to fit in. Um. Which is understandable because yeah. they've kind of, you know, they've had their own thing. Even though their own thing hasn't been that great, they're suddenly part of this much bigger picture that is quite authoritarian. Yeah, and and has inequality, which is very very, very much un- so very uncomfortable for. If you think about example, for example, the hilltop community when they went through that whole thing of where, um, oh, their leader Maggie hanged yeah. hanged. Their leader, yes, their leader who was um, in cahoots with Negan, 
Yeah, and who was yeah. who was essentially like this kind of like there was inequality between him and everyone else kind of thing. Oh, terrible! Because he was and, stockpiling loads of stuff. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so they kind of that community has come through that experience and compl- and is completely even when Maggie was were doing that, she was like, "This is the last time I make a decision like that or something." And they, you know, they become a very equal community. Yeah. So it's very very um difficult to fit into this odd place called the Commonwealth. Yes. Absolutely. Um but here's something odd happens. So at a masquerade ball which is held by the governor. So by the way, not like yes. The the, the whole this whole thing is very stereotyped and cartoonish, isn't it? Like the fact that they're having yes. a masquerade ball. It's a bit weird. <laughs> it is a bit weird. Yeah. But I think the Commonwealth is all about um, giving everyone the world that they lost back. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Despite like even down to the, like, do you care what school people went to and things? Oh, exactly. Yeah. But despite the fact that it's, it's this kind of East Coast waspish ideal of of a life <laughs> that some people may not think is ideal for them. Um. That's what I take from it, really. Right, right, is it, right. it reminds me very much of... There's a book by Tom Wolfe called The Bonfire of the Vanities. Mm-hmm. Very famous book. Yeah. Uh, which is all about rich, uh, white, Anglo-Saxon Protestants mm-hmm. uh, in New York. Right. And uh, the Commonwealth reminds me very much of those people. Right. And the, the implication is, it, is that, yeah. that this, is the, this is the world that we currently live in before the zombies come and, and level yes. us all out. They're trying to recreate... Yeah, so like the rich people who are still rich in the Commonwealth, rich and powerful people are recreating their world. In fact, they're they, rich and yeah. They're even a bit heavy-handed about it because there's a scene where a couple of them look at each other and say, "This is like how it was before." Yes, that's so right. We're supposed. Yeah, it's to, not subtle. We're supposed yeah. to pick up that this is like a commentary on our current world. Yeah. So Pamela Milton, who is the governor. Her son is. Um, we've already we, actually we've already seen him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kid called Sebastian, yeah, who he's is the a kid with, one, right? who with breathtaking self-esteem issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> I terrible self-esteem, and uh, re- you know, I don't really think he fits into the world, but he really wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a disgraced former soldier takes uh, someone hostage at this party, runs away. Uh, Daryl gets him to surrender, but allows Sebastian, who is the governor's son, to take credit for his capture. Yeah, so it, this kind of slightly comes out of nowhere. Like, uh, only in this episode do we start to see some kind of resistance against the regime or some... Um, yes. There's people working as waiters and waitresses at this at this ball, and there's a little murmur of dissatisfaction from some inequality. of inequality yeah absolutely and there's clear inequality and then this this soldier what does he do he tries to oh yeah he takes he well, takes the book hostage yeah. and he's he, he just wants a chance to speak to the governor about the fact that he was dismissed i think yes exactly but that yeah. doesn't work out so he kind of flees with the thing and then yeah daryl being daryl never makes any mistakes and talks him down but um, then has to say that um, Sebastian did it 
Because Sebastian is very, very powerful. He chooses to. He chooses to he ma- to do that in order to a- surrender, in, uh, in order to succeed in this society. Yes. Yeah, because I think if he'd taken credit for that, which would have been perfectly fine, that would have set himself against Sebastian, which is a fight he can't win. Yeah, so he chose like this is this is the society I'm in. I'm gonna I'm gonna in the same way he got himself in with the Reapers, he's gonna get himself in um, yeah. with the Commonwealth. Yeah. So that is yeah, so so in this episode we start to see the underbelly of the Commonwealth. And we start to see stuff that I I think are stuff that I alluded to in the last set of episodes, in that there's something funny going on underneath the covers in this place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there's something really weird going on that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is to do with recycling bodies. Right. So you still you're still on that, are you? Yes. I mean that may come to nothing, so, but I think yeah. I think that's what's going on. That still that hasn't come up yet in in this no. whole tranche. I mean it may come to nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean I think I think um, the the secret of this place, in my opinion, is just the inequality right and it's it's just supposed to be it's aimed at our current society and saying this is what we like and i think that's the point of it doesn't mean they won't do something else as well now this next one and Mm -hmm. in fact i think all of the ones with eugene in are super annoying (laughs) i mean eugene has always been at best (laughs) on a knife edge between being annoying and all right but in this he's just so just like lovelorn and pathetic and whingy <laughs> that you know if 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 this were in air, the movie airplane it would just be a line of people queuing up to slap him around the face and say pull yourself together <laughs> <laughs> so eugene eugene was the one who initially contacted the commonwealth using the radio yes and that's right he contacts the person that he contacted was called stephanie and yep. they spoke to each other secretly on the radio for a long time, um, yep. and for some reason I never understood. Didn't tell anyone, and then once it had become a secret, it kind of stayed a secret. And they, uh, they didn't. They weren't supposed to be giving away their position to other people, right? So that's why no. it might might be not okay to speak. But anyway, they became friends, and even kind of fell in love. Um, so now he's met Stephanie at the Commonwealth. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he then he then tells her that he loves her. Yes. She shortly after tells him that she loves him too. I don't know why. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But then she disappears. <laughs> she disappears, and then this is this the one where he's like a private detective. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this is Eugene. This is sweaty Eugene, private detective. I mean, I could barely. I, I may have been tired, but I don't remember much of this episode. I may have been mostly asleep. It's not the best. But he, like, tries to find out what's happened to Stephanie. And he kind of blunders around and gets caught looking in people's houses a couple of times. And somehow, despite being utterly incompetent, he stumbles upon (laughs) the truth. I don't know how he does it. Which it turns out they weren't really trying to hide or something. I don't know. Yeah, not at all. No. And actually, this person, Stephanie, who he's been talking to... uh, Isn't Stephanie. Isn't Stephanie and doesn't, doesn't... was just a play acting to get him to tell them where Alexandria is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And Lance, who is who is who is Lance? He's like the chief of police or something. 
he's the big guy, big black guy. He's very intimidating, oh, him. Right, grumpy, yeah, yeah. big grumpy guy. Yes. Yeah, so, <clears throat> Tells um, him that he's better off where he is, even though he's got a broken heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and basically to stop digging, just forget about it. There's nothing here. There's nothing for you to find. And then it's, it's important to note here that Lance doesn't seem to know very much. Mm. So even though he's like the chief of security, he's quite low down on the need to know scale. I mean, he's like Daryl, in my opinion. He's 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 like a trustworthy and good person who yeah. has d- realized or decided that he has to fit into this society for now. But you always feel like he could turn at any moment when when you need a hero, he could step up. Yeah. So meanwhile, oh, no, hang on, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up here. Lance is. Hornsby, he's the um, he's Pamela's oh, yeah. second in command. So he's the person who yeah. made who made Shira. He's the person that Eugene confronts and stuff like that. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, yes. yeah. What's yeah. the name of the person we were talking about? Uh, Mercer. Mercer, right, right, right. Mercer. Yeah, yeah. Lance is just a bad guy through and through. No, no. Lance is just oily and slimy and untrustworthy. So yeah, Eugene does this whole weird private security obsessive thing. Finds out the truth, which is that Stephanie never existed. Yeah. Um, and but then, at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. he is approached by somebody called Max, a woman called Max, who reveals herself to be the woman called Stephanie, who he was talking to on the radio. Actually, he was so talking the- to someone on the radio, and it's someone who appears like she could be a, a friend. She could be a friend, but but maybe not. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, basically, Eugene is um, lovelorn and on the edge of a nervous breakdown. So he'll basically believe anything right now. But he's super paranoid as well. But yeah, so he's, I mean, and he can't, he can't deal with that. So he doesn't like, no. start a relationship with her or something. But the other no. thing that happens in this episode, which is, um, which even more trying to, I think, kind of, kind of rub in the, the comparison with our society, is that rather implausibly, uh, Connie and Kelly... Um, become the like report become reporters on the newspaper. Oh yes, that's right. So Connie and Kelly are who are they? Um, which community are they from? Oceanside. Uh, didn't they join? Wasn't it just the, Did they? the three or four of them? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they they joined um, Alexandria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And is yeah, it there Connie, was three or four of them. Is it Connie who's deaf? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so, uh, they, so they're now reporters for the newspaper and for some reason are, can, from time to time at least, can kind of slightly push what they're allowed to report to slightly criticise the leadership, which all seems highly implausible. And um, Yeah, so they're investigating the military and their treatment of Tyler Davis. Who is the person who took the hostage in the last yes. episode. Yes, yes. That's right. So generally they're um, investigating stuff yeah. and Eugene wants them to investigate this thing, I think. Yeah. And they're not interested. Well, they the know they, they can't push it too far. No, because because the whole thing is, you know, it's... Uh, actually, I'm just thought, thought of something. Uh, the whole system is very much like, like Soviet Russia or maybe like modern Russia or North Korea, whereby, yes, you have a newspaper... But that newspaper is only allowed to report on certain things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things that are sanctioned by the state. Or in this case, the Commonwealth. Yeah, and some people might say, 
not that different from certain other countries. Well, yes, quite. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, so that we've we've done that episode to death. Yeah, episode twelve. Uh huh. The lucky ones. Oh, actually, shall we just this wind back briefly uh-huh, to the previous uh-huh, one? Uh-huh. That was directed by Michael Kudlitz, uh-huh. who played I can't remember the character's name, but the character with um, red hair who was killed by Negan, red hair and a red beard. Oh, yeah, um, we, yes. who had a, had a very big, tall hair. Yes, the big, tall, red hair. Yeah, yeah. So he directed episode. 11. Abraham. Abraham. Ford. That's him. That's him. Abraham. Yeah. Um, anyway. Episode 12, The Lucky Ones. Uh, so, yeah, we have more stuff with this person, Max, who reveals her surname to be Max Mercer. So she is the sister of Mercer, who is the head of security. Right. Yeah, I remember. Scary that. man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's definitely so going to come out. <laughs> she introduces herself to Eugene, says that the cover was, she used Stephanie because that was her mother's name. Um, there's some blah blah about Lance and communication protocol yeah so I think basically she actually was um, it wasn't all a lie right she was actually communicating with Eugene yes. secretly yes and she's the real Stephanie and yeah. She, yeah and she she really was falling in love with him but when he arrived and he saw her with this other person she kind of backed off and thought he wasn't yes. interested kind of thing. Yeah, Because this right. other person was pretending to be Stephanie, but she didn't know that. Yeah. So Eugene kind of goes off in a huff, but then yeah. comes back. And you're like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Eugene, Eugene, Commonwealth, blah, blah, blah. There's some meetings between Pamela and the various communities. So she goes to meet Oceanside. She goes Pamela's to Hilltop. The big, the big boss lady. The big boss, yeah. She goes to meet Maggie. Um, oh, and Carol. Um, uh, Carol manages to get Ezekiel bumped up the list for surgery. Ah, uh, yeah. In front of Because Carol's been manipulating people. Lance. So we find out actually what she's done. So she went to a building that's outside the Commonwealth... And picked up, I think, some some booze, maybe some whiskey. Yeah, no, it was wine. I think it was. It's it wine, was vintage yeah, it's wine. wine, because she she overheard Pamela criticizing someone about how they were running out of decent wine. That's right. So she goes and gets it and brings it back to Lance, and says, "Actually, there's something you can do for me." And um, Ezekiel gets bumped up the list. Yeah, and some other this. people don't get their treatment that. That's presumably oh, yeah. life-saving for them as well, but we don't. And see in fact, that. we meet we meet uh, Yumiko's brother, who has a the worst British accent since <laughs> Dick Van Dyke in um, Mary Poppins. In fact, he actually makes that sound pretty plausible. It's awful. I mean, really, couldn't they have found an Asian British actor to play that role, or at least get the man some coaching for a while? You know. <laughs> Dialogue coaching. It's dreadful. Okay. I didn't notice it particularly. <laughs> it's really bad. So, yeah, um, so one thing that happens yeah. in this episode is that Pamela, the, the big leader, goes to Oceanside. And given yes. how shy Oceanside were about meeting anyone, I'm really surprised that um, 
that they give away the location of Oceanside. Uh, yeah, that is a surprise, isn't it? I guess that everybody's feeling feeling the pinch of not much in terms of resources mm. and thinking that they do actually need to talk to the Commonwealth about membership. So the situation is that Alexandria have gone in, they've gone all in. Yes. Um, Oceanside seem like they're going to trade with them, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, no, don't they say we'll do whatever Maggie does? Yes, they do. And then yeah. Maggie is still at Hilltop and she is refusing to cooperate. She is suspicious um, yeah. of the Commonwealth. Yeah, she is suspicious of them. I think she's she's quite right to be suspicious of them. Um, however, although pa- although Pamela is kind of philosophical about this, Lance is getting frustrated with Maggie. Is this the episode where something weird happens with Lance towards the end where... I couldn't figure out whether he was, like, trading people as slaves or something. Oh, yes. Something okay, funny so happened. that, yeah. So Lance goes to, um, uh, there's these people who are trading with the Commonwealth. Yeah. And um, Maggie points out that they are scamming them. Or that the people are scamming the Commonwealth. Yes. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, and that's that's another thing that she does to get in Lance's good books, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and in there, actually, in that episode, there's there's a callback or at least a reference to Ghostbusters. All right. Yes. So the guy that Maggie points out is scamming them. He gets arrested by the troops, and he then shouts out. He says, "Hornsby, you mother pus bucket!" <laughs> And that is something that I think it's uh, Bill Murray says about when they meet um, uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. He says, Mother Puss Bucket. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to have something that sounded sweary, but actually wasn't yeah. at all at all sweary. It's so, nice. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a callback to Ghostbusters. There. That's cool. So, all right. Yeah. So so the dodgy thing that happens is that they're scamming them and then they get a, they get shot or something. Do they go? Uh, yeah, they get taken away. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, I maybe I was asleep again. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, that's interesting. So is Maggie, are we setting up for Lance to take over the Commonwealth and Maggie to be, to support him or something? Well, I think that, yeah, I think Lance is definitely making a play to take over the Commonwealth. Right. He's definitely doing stuff under the covers that he shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So he's doing stuff with the person who is not Stephanie mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people, they're all getting together for meetings. Right. But we don't know what about right. yet. We have no idea. Dodgy. Very dodgy. Okay. Um, okay. Episode 13. Mm-hmm. Warlords. Warlords. Yes. So, oh yeah, we get Aaron and Gabriel back. Right. And I Two can more pretty much... indestructible people. I can pretty much tolerate Gabriel. Aaron, I find a bit dull... He's a bit of a wet blanket, isn't he? Isn't is this the one where he gets into an impossible situation and then survives? No, I think that was in the last. Series that was in the last tranche, wasn't a, it? Yeah. He was in a um, uh, the last tranche. Yeah, he was yeah, in a yeah. basement that was flooding. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like no, there's no way you could possibly survive this, and then yeah. he does. Yeah, he's invincible. <laughs> invincible with a metal arm. Yeah, and still um, able to climb really effectively. Yeah, yeah, with one arm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so there's a bit of back so a bit of backstory on this one is that Aaron and Gabriel are recruited by Aaron's boss, Toby Carlson, who is a piece of work. Oh yes. To, oh is this this one or is it the next one? Yes. <clears throat> this uh, one's to take good. Point, yeah, it is good, yeah. To take point on an outreach mission with a community in an apartment complex to offer them membership with the Commonwealth. So yeah, is this this is the episode? Where it all kicks off, right? It's not the next one or something. It's this one, yeah. 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 So this is a really good episode. So they, yeah, they, because Aaron was what, as the kind of his mission before was to tour around trying to find people and bring them back to Alexandria. Yes. That was a, his That's thing. That's right. He's yeah. like a missionary. And uh, so it's actually quite natural for him to be taken on this mission to this apartment complex. Yeah, that's right. To try and persuade them to become part of the Commonwealth. Well, that's what they think. Yes. Uh, but actually, there is um, an ulterior motive. This guy, Toby Carlson, has been told by Lance Hornsby um, that Hornsby thinks that this community is responsible for stealing weapons from the Commonwealth. Right, because there was an ambush where... Yes, they they took a whole load of weapons, or, or, but or we find out surprise. later who is responsible for that, who is actually responsible for it. Uh-huh. Uh, but here we meet the group's leader, who is called Ian, who is played by Michael Bean, who yeah. was Corporal Hicks in Aliens, which I'm sure he's thrilled about people bringing up because that <laughs> film came out so long ago. But yeah, so he seems like a dude, and you're like, oh wow, he's going to be in it. Yeah, but, and then he's not in it for, for very no. long. So no, he lasts like 10 seconds. <laughs> 10 seconds and somebody kills him. Oh, Carson kills him. So yeah. yeah, so it turns out that in a complex plan, this this bloke, Toby Carlson, had only brought Aaron along because he knew Aaron would be able to win their trust. Yes, that's right. So that there would be a moment, a window of opportunity for him to slaughter them all. Yeah, that's right. It's awful. It's really, it's quite an unpleasant episode in a way. Yeah, that's a that that is pretty shocking. And given the Walking Dead, obviously, has been trying to shock us for a long time. Um, yeah, although surprising. it has to be said that Aaron and Gabriel are reluctant to go on this mission. Yeah, yeah, they take a lot of persuading, but they eventually do it. They do win the trust of the bloke. They drop yep. their guard for a second. Uh, they kill them Carlson all, and then, then kills a bunch of people. So then, basically, they are on a mission to take out everyone in this tower block. And just like ethnically cleanse this, well, not ethnically, you know, just cleanse this group, yes. wipe them off the the face of the earth. But um, then, because they seem somebody like a comes threat. back. <laughs> but in a in a uh, air grab moment, it was an air grab. I did a double air grab when this happened. <laughs> it turns out uh, that uh, who has uh, joined this community and teamed up with them? It's none other than Negan. Negan, our favourite, and he's got a wife. Yeah, a pregnant wife, Annie. He has a new wife. Yeah. yeah, how long has he been there? Oh, it's not his baby, is it? Um, well, I guess because time has moved on quite a lot. Oh, he's has been it? there a couple of months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, he's now really <clears throat> in with these these tower block people. Do yes. they have a weird religion or something? Wasn't there? Um, yes. Well, that's why they take Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, but he manages to get um, Jesse, who's one of their number. Sends him to Hilltop to tell Maggie, yeah, basically, help. We need mm-hmm, help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what happens Good episode, is... Good this. Yeah. What happens is a lot of 
a lot of people from the apartment complex get killed, but then all of the Commonwealth people end up being killed. Not all of them. Is it not? So a bunch of them, no. So they go up to the roof and Carlson is basically throwing people off the roof. Oh, yeah. It's really grim. Yeah. Because he wants he wants so then, um, Gabriel so they, and Aaron. He says, you know, I'm going to kill one person every minute until you tell me where they are. But then eventually someone stops him. Yes. What happens? I can't remember. I can't remember, actually. <laughs> yeah. One of the people who he thinks is on his side. No, I think, don't Aaron and Gabriel, oh, maybe doesn't they he still him, think they're, that he's on their side and then they stop him? Yes. Yes, they do. They, they throw him over. Yeah, so then, so what happens then, then is that so that's all the Commonwealth people dead, but then the more Commonwealth people come along, and they have to convince those people that uh, it wasn't us, Gov, and we were doing our best, but they, unfortunately they all got killed. Yeah, and Lance kind of buys this, although I'm not sure he really believes anything anybody says, Lance, but he goes yeah, along with it. They don't, they don't get immediately killed anyway. No. Um, so yeah, so Carlson's dead. A load of people from the office block are dead, but Negan and his wife are not. No, um, they are not. That's right. So they've sent for help from from Maggie, and Maggie comes back to fight yep. them. Yep. I don't remember what happens then. Well, I think we move on to the next episode. So this is episode okay. fourteen. Right, 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 right. So by the way, yeah. Um, so just generally comment <clears throat> on on episodes. That whole thing in the apartment complex. It's solid. It's tense. It's cool. Yeah. Negan is right back on form as this kind of person who's prepared to do anything to protect his people, and you know, it, it's 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 a great episode. But actually, when you say anything, he does spend a lot of the time just making good decisions and being very quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, he's become yeah. a different character. Yeah, it's kind of this is kind of the the next step in his arc from being. From we saw his backstory before, and then he he became this very loud, uh, brutal Obnoxious. leader. Yeah. Then he became a, yeah. a kind of penitent prisoner, and now he's just this kind of solid, good guy who makes good decisions and is prepared to take the difficult decisions. And yeah, I think actually he's become an an anti Rick because I think Rick's, Rick made some very poor decisions, right? And I think Negan is makes better decisions than Nick does, than Rick. Did oh, but Rick was in a different phase of the Walking Dead, right? Because yeah. Rick was in the um, we need to preserve our humanity phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but that's gone now. I think we're kind of beyond. We understand people need to be killed, and we and we need to move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Episode fourteen. Mm-hmm. The Rotten Core. So this is where I saw the episode title. I felt like it did come up somewhere because I saw it. Hmm. And I thought, oh, finally, Andy C's thing is going to yes. be revealed. But, but it doesn't really, does it? No, I don't remember what happens. N- not really. So in this one, Sebastian, who is Pamela, Pamela's son, he forces Daryl and Rosita, who is also a Commonwealth soldier. Speaking of Daryl and Rosita, Rosita yes. is a classic example of someone that we kind of know, uh, and we've kind of become slightly attached to her, but but somehow not really. So I could definitely see her dying. Yes, I think she probably will. Yeah. I mean, she was with um, Gabe, um, not Gabriel, Abraham. Yeah, she's been around Eugene. long enough. 
She's been you, around a long we, time. We ought yeah. to be attached to her by now. <clears throat> but actually, they haven't given her any decent... Like, they, okay, there's been a couple of episodes where stuff's happened with her, but they haven't given her enough to um, to really feel that she's a character that they won't kill. No, I think that's fair. That's, yeah. They should be killing the proper characters and not <laughs> not making these half characters. <laughs> So um, he forces them, I think basically blackmails them, to go and get some money oh, from a yeah, walker-infested house. Yeah, it is quite solid, yeah. Yeah. yeah so they, um, they because have his to... mother has cut off his credit line, poor baby. Yeah, yeah. so he, he forces them, and they, they have to do this essentially suicide mission to yes. try and get into this house that is completely infested to get into the safe to get some money or something, I guess. That's to get money, yeah, for him. Yeah. Um, they find the money, but they also find this woman called April, who was also sent by Sebastian to get the money, but couldn't make it back. So they're at least the second mission. They're probably yes. more late, more than that. He's sent other yes. people to their deaths. That's right. Um, so uh, he's not a nice person. They make it out, but mm-hmm. then Mercer turns up. They tell him what happened, and he kills two Commonwealth troopers who are loyal to Sebastian. And has Daryl and Rosita deliver the money, fearing retribution if they don't. So Mercer has kind of crossed the line here, really, I think. Yeah, so what, where was Sebastian in all this? He's back in, in the Commonwealth. He's okay, back in so, just, so basically yeah. Mercer, Mercer wasn't really aware that this was being done. No, he didn't know he, what was happening. When he becomes aware, he kills, he kills the troopers. I'm not sure why. Uh, because they're loyal to Sebastian, he doesn't want them going back and saying anything. Right, because um, in some way it'd been it'd become clear that he wasn't okay with this. Yes, yes. So he kills them, but then they they all just pretend nothing's happened apart from that those people got killed somehow. Yeah, take, but now Mercer knows knows about what's been going on. So now we know that Mercer is going to be an ally at some point. He's kind of is now, but he's not. He's not quite on board. Yeah. Back at the apartment complex, uh, we learn that... Actually, something I just said is that um, Annie, who is Negan's partner, is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Herschel, who is uh, Maggie's son, is stowed away on Maggie's truck, <clears throat> but is rescued by Negan in a very important moment. Mm. Oh, by the way, forces- some of the stuff we described from last episode is actually this. So... The, these yes, two, it, yes. The, the, what we were saying was a good bit in the apartment complex is actually last episode and this episode. It is, that's from. right. Yeah, yeah, it carries on. Yeah. Um, Negan, uh, Herschel then forces Negan to confess that he killed his father, Glenn. Yeah, although I don't think he really forces him. He gives well, him the ne- opportunity I, to confess. Yes, and Negan, he does. Negan and he decides. does. Yeah. Negan has been quite open to being killed for his sins in the past. And I think he is again. He's saying, you know, you have every right to kill me. Um, so I think the other thing that's going on here is that Negan finds it very difficult to lie to children. Yeah, and generally he's he's a big fan of of like having uh, honest relationships with with the young yes. people he meets, isn't he? Yes. So he doesn't want to hide the world from these people. He doesn't want to hide how horrible things are. And wants to be honest with them. I think it might be because children are our future. Well, yes, that that could be it. I'm sure there's a song about that, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Yeah, so this is where Carlson is killed. He's thrown off the roof, but he's is still it? alive. Yeah, so that's where, yeah, then, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. where that whole thing happens, do we? Yeah. And then it's revealed that, <clears throat> that that Leia was the one who raided the Commonwealth caravan. Yeah, so it wasn't, weapons. it wasn't the apartment complex people after all. No. They were innocent and they've been kind of mostly slaughtered by this Carlson bloke who's now dead. Yep. Yep. Um, so then yeah, Lance the, the, turns so the reason up. why the reason Sorry. why Herschel was there. So did we say that Herschel is Maggie's son? We did, didn't we? Uh, yes, we did, yeah. So he's, yeah. he's there because he kind of stowed away. But actually, it's just a good good way for him to meet up with Negan and have that, that moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he's he's going to kill him, but he, but he doesn't. He doesn't. And Negan's open, is going to let him, but he's relieved when he's like, he's not looking to get killed. But he no. feels like it's it, it's, it would be justified. Yeah. Uh, so actually, there's some stuff that happens in the next episode, episode 15. Mm-hmm. Trust, trust that that actually I said happens earlier on, but doesn't. Right, yeah, so, we've kind of mixed up these these. So three Lance Hornsby questions Gabriel and Aaron, and kind of think, okay, I'll let you let I'll let it go. So that's the bit where they they have to it. they have to convince him that 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 they were like trying to help Carlson, but somehow yes, didn't manage it. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it all went wrong. When yeah. in fact that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, he then leads a group of <clears throat> Commonwealth troops to Hilltop to question Maggie, but also to search the place because he thinks that, even though he knows that, oh no, he doesn't know that Leia stole the weapons, um, but he thinks that maybe Hilltop did it. So he goes there to search it. Yeah, and then it's very tense. And then you get the payoff for that flash forward. Yes, because, that's right. Yeah. Um, the group is actually has got Daryl is there and Daryl kind of talks Maggie down and, and persuades her to let them search. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is all very tense. Yeah. So uh, other stuff that happens. Rosita tells Eugene about what happened with Sebastian and the money. Uh huh. He calls in Connie and Kelly to report on the matter. Yeah. So this thing of how Connie and Kelly are like the investigative reporters of the community. Yeah. Yeah, is going to be a thing which just feels a bit cheesy. It yeah, is a bit cheesy. It's a bit press gang. Is what yeah, it is. <laughs> they're going to investigate um, stuff. Uh, yeah, Mercer is feeling sad about um, how he killed those two men who are like his own men. Yeah, and he's got together with Princess, which I'd forgotten, but that's what it says here. Oh, that's right. Actually, Princess has become less annoying in this. Trunch. Yeah, I mean, it, if you moved in a random direction from where she was, there was only one way to go. <laughs> Less annoying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's just become a normal character, like ripe to get killed at some point. Oh, definitely. Because, yeah, cannon fodder. Because yeah. you know who she is, you know a bit about her, you're supposed to care, but you don't. Also, um, Ezekiel, inspired by, you know, being free of his tumour, opens a secret clinic for people who are far down the list. Ah, uh, yeah. Recruiting... Yomiko's uh, brother to help the old Cockney Sparrow alright mate yeah and he talks like <laughs> he talks like um, let me try and read a sentence after realising it is hopeless to negotiate with Maggie Lance begins to plan an attack on Hilltop that's nothing like how he talks I think he's fine no maybe not no um, so what else <laughs> happens um, so who's April 
April was the woman that um, Rosita and Daryl found in the house when they went to get the money. Right. And um, there's something about a list here. Yes. So somewhere along the line, Connie and Kelly have ended up with in possession of a list, which turns out it's like a kill list. Ah, okay. That's interesting. That's, that's my understanding. Yes. yes. That, that People a- they want April, to get rid of. Yeah. yeah, people you want to get rid of are on this list. So that's why Sebastian used them to do the, the, the suicide mission, stuff like that. But didn't expect them to come back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But of course it's Daryl and Rosita, so they're bound to yeah. come back. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're indestructible. Yeah. Although April didn't come back because she actually died while they were rescuing her. Yeah, she did. But she was still alive. She just yes. couldn't make it back. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yes. that's the that's the like the secret... The secret at the heart of this community, I think, is that they have this kill list and they're prepared to kill people who are inconvenient. Okay, yeah. Which which Connie and Kelly are making themselves very much that Part kind of, of person. <laughs> yes. Along with all the rest yeah. of our characters. So, final episode. Mm-hmm. Episode 16, Acts of God. Um... So, after realising it's hopeless to negotiate with Maggie, because she's an immovable object, <laughs> uh, Lance begins to plan an attack on Hilltop. Um, she leaves. She then leaves Herschel in the care of Negan and Annie. Yeah, so this is and a she big... confesses something to Negan. What does she confess? So she, well, she thanks him for saving Herschel. Yeah, and she says, "I'm, you know, I'm beginning to trust you." The thing is, he's so obviously trustworthy, and especially, even she knows, or we know, at least we know, that he has this yeah. weakness for, for young people. So yes. we know that above everything else, he will protect Herschel. So we know, as an audience, that he's utterly trustworthy, and somehow Maggie's picked up some of that um, yeah, from us. finally, yeah. Um, so she, even though she might it. want to kill him, she knows he's, a, he's in safe hands to leave Herschel with him. Yes, Yes. So we should say, actually, in either in the previous episode or the one before that, Lance meets Leia <clears throat> and says, I've got a job for you. Right. <clears throat> um, and that job is for her to lure Maggie away from the colony and kidnap her. Um, but, of course, Leia's not trustworthy. But anyway, that all happens in this episode. Right, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> okay, so it. elsewhere, elsewhere, <laughs> Daryl, Aaron, and Gabriel are betrayed by the Commonwealth soldiers, who were ordered by Lance to eliminate. Okay, them. so Lance didn't believe them after all, no. and and wants no. to wants to kill them, but of course they're indestructible. Aaron is wounded, um, but they do escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they manage to take them out and escape. Uh, Leah takes Maggie to her old cabin. So that's a cabin that we saw in episode yeah, in series that cabin 10. Yeah, it's become a bit of a, a mainstay, yeah. hasn't it? It's become a bit of an evil dead cabin, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, uh, so Maggie Maggie gets free and they have a fight and Leah... Yes. And, and Leah overpowers her. Oh, yeah, but, this is... Oh, now I remember. So it's yeah. like, okay, Leah's going to kill Maggie, but Maggie's but, indestructible, so blah. Uh, and then the door bursts open. In walks Daryl. here comes Daryl. Yep. Who summarily executes Headshot. Leah with with barely a care? Now he, he, you see a, a, a moody shot of him later, where he's obviously thinking about how he killed her. But it's yep. a classic example of Daryl 
when it comes to the crunch in an emergency situation, Daryl will pick the side that we as the audience know is the right side and he will fully commit. So we, yes, we know. Right. So yeah. I thought Leah was going to be the big bad in this series. Yeah, me too. Yeah, And then she's just, blam, gone. She's gone, yeah. So I read about this um, episode on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I was reading, you know, the producers were talking about Daryl's attitude towards Leah. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, we did talk about putting some dialogue in there, but actually we felt, and also Norman Reedus felt, that he didn't have anything else to say to her. Yeah. So it's like, okay, she's done. Yeah, that's the thing. He he gave her a chance, and he might or might not regret that decision, but it's clear that that decision didn't work out. So the good, trustworthy Daryl, he just eliminates her from the picture because she's not friend, Maggie is friend, and we we move on. Yep. And then we get a shot later on of Daryl looking, of Daryl making no facial expression, but the camera stays on him. <laughs> so we yeah. know that, we know that he's a bit sad that he had to yeah, kill a little bit sad, yeah, he had to kill someone that he's essentially had a long distance love affair with for several years. So Maggie and Daryl escape. Lance and the soldiers approach, and then Daryl, Maggie, Aaron, and Gabriel rendezvous with Negan, and they're preparing for war. Against the Commonwealth. Um, Max investigates Pamela. Milton assembles some members of Alexandria to post an article in the newspaper about the lies. But then Lance and his troopers take control of Alexandria, Hilltop and Oceanside. And the very last shot in this episode is Lance flipping a coin to decide the fate of Oceanside's residents. So who's Max? Who's investigating? Max is um, is the real Stephanie, right? Of course, and she's she's somehow linked to the newspaper as well, or something, right? Or yes. Well, I think she's starting to realise that the whole thing's rotten. Something, and, yeah. Uh, and I think so is her oh, brother as well. Oh no, yeah. She no, she found something out. Yeah, and then she yes. gets uh, Connie and uh, Kelly. She's trying to That's get right. them to write an article. Yeah, and they actually do write an article and post it around the. Place yes. or something, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think her brother Mercer is also feeling that the place is rotten. So it's all set up. Yeah, I mean, he clearly is here. So yeah. it's all set up for the the last eight episodes to be a kind of a war against the Commonwealth. So yeah. I will I will make the comment that Leah's death like that, unless it turns into something else later, kind of completes the cycle of. That, but you remember the boring episode where Daryl and, and Leah get together? In episode 10. Oh, sorry, in, season 10. Yeah. yeah. It's it one of the standalone episodes that was a bit weird. And it's like, it's kind of episodic and it, it doesn't particularly feel like it's going anywhere. And I was thinking, well, at least the point of that was to set up this thing where she's like the big enemy. Um and that Daryl will really struggle with the fact that he eventually has to destroy her. Yeah. But no, he just... She's <laughs> going to kill Maggie, so he just kills her. And yeah. then walks away. You mean Leah? Leah. Leah. She's going to kill Maggie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So... Yes. so yeah. So there was no decision. point. There was no point in that, that not very good episode. You know, like, the whole first tranche where... She's 
she's the leader. She's she's working with the the Reapers. Uh, all it built up to was this, and then if there's no further payoff now, Daryl's just fine about it. It all seems a bit pointless mm. to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that the final eight episodes are going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. So there's going to be there's going to be a war with the Commonwealth. Um, no, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Rick coming back. Oh, really? In latter, yeah, in the latter part of the final tranche. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think we'll see a return. Yeah. Wow! In order to set up the films and stuff. Uh, yes, but also to to tie the, to close the loop with the um, the world beyond story, right? Which okay. is another big um, organized community. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the theory is that the community that's in the world beyond is the community where Rick Grimes is now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that that's the theory. Okay. So I've I. I had no expectation of Rick appearing, so now I'm a little bit excited. I mean, that's that's my theory. It may be completely <laughs> wrong. Yeah, um, it might be that he like turns up and just uh, and does the equivalent of shooting Leah, you know, just like saves the day. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, but I think you know, sort of summing up this this tranche of episodes, there's some very strong stuff in here. Yeah, I would say it's con- considerably better than the previous eight. Yeah, I think, you know, I can do without the moping um, Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you get away from those episodes and you get into the stuff with the apartment building and the stuff with Hornsby being thoroughly evil, um, yeah. there's some very good stuff going on here. And I think The Walking Dead is at its best when it's allegorical about society as it is now. In a really heavy-handed way. <laughs> In a really heavy-handed way, but I do enjoy that. Yeah, 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 and uh, and it's also at its best when someone like Mercer is like struggling with uh, who who's in the right and who's in the wrong, and then yeah, and then they just they change their mind to agree with us, the audience, and you get to just watch the payoff of that. That's right. So that'll yeah. be all all good. So some news about The Walking Dead. Uh huh. So the Daryl and Carol series is no longer a Daryl and Carol series. Okay. So it was due to be set in Europe. Oh. Um, which is interesting because the, the end of the World Beyond series is set in Europe as well. Oh, really? In Paris, in fact. I might need to... Um, I think you need to watch World Beyond. <laughs> and so do I. Pay, pay Amazon so I can watch the World Beyond. You can always cancel it again. Yeah. Maybe I'll buy um, a DVD instead from Amazon, so, probably. Um, so because of that setting in Europe, Melissa McBride says, no, I can't do that. Okay. So it's now solely a Daryl show. Okay. I mean, yeah. where where has Daryl's character got to go from here? <laughs> what, grunting and being grumpy? And being invincible and... Yeah. And always making the right decision. Yeah. I see right. nowhere for that character to go. <laughs> and one of the most interesting things about about him... I mean, I love him. One of the most interesting things about him was the Carol thing because she was she was at least able to criticize him in a way that actually stung or you know yeah but also she's the Carol does the exposition because she actually speaks yeah <laughs> Daryl grunts and shoots people yeah. and makes good decisions yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah generally and it's just awesome yeah the other thing is that I didn't know this but actually it does make sense 
is that they used to shoot on 16mm film, super, presumably super 16mm with sound, mm-hmm. uh, but they now shoot on digital since COVID-19. Um, okay. So they, and they, they do post-production techniques to make it look the same as 16mm. Okay. So great, bit grainy. Right. Which kind of makes sense, because I think The Walking Dead has always had that kind of uh, 70s slash 80s aesthetic about it, which makes sense because it's shot on 16mm. So, right. yeah. I love the way it looks. Yeah, it's great. So, um, yeah, yeah, so things things that are happening in the Walking Dead universe. There's going to be the last tranche. That is the end. There's this spin-off series. There's already a spin-off series called The World Beyond. There's obviously yes. Fear the Walking Dead, which exists in the same universe, but the only overlap has been... Um, what's his name's character switch? Two characters. Yeah, two characters. Oh. No, three characters. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Um, uh, what's his name? Morgan. Yeah. Also Dwight from the the um, Saviors and his wife Sherry have also oh, right. crossed over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then there's going to be this Daryl series. Yes. And then there's, there's also be, I think three Island movies? of the Dead. Isle of the Dead with with um, Negan and Maggie. Oh really? Yeah. Is that? It's a Negan. Is that be in New York? Yes, that's planned, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so lots of spin-offs to come. So, I mean, uh, so if if you thought Walking Dead had run its course and needed to die... It really you're not hasn't. Gonna, you're not going to get what you want. So this, no. I just have to keep on, like, paying the money no matter how poor their, their output is. Why do I think their output is poor? No, no, no. It, it doesn't... I mean, like, for example, Fear the Walking Dead... I feel like completely successfully said we're just going to do this again, and it's going to be just as good as the first time. And yeah, and, <laughs> and it, it was. And it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I think some of it's a lot better. I think it's right, pretty solid. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say, yeah. There's only two series of World Beyond. It's a limited okay. thing. Have they yeah. decided that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Two okay. series and okay. done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, there's three movies to come as well. So. Uh, yeah. Lots more. If they actually make them. But I think, uh, you know, I hope they do. That will have Rick Rick Grimes. Yes, so they're Rick Grimes-centric movies, yeah. So Which is that, great. that was interesting. The way they, just, they just carried on without him. Yeah, and it works without it him. It kind of worked. I mean, Maggie is really, really strong. So when they had Maggie, you could see how they could carry on without Rick. And yeah. Negan also... Really strong, so but I mean, as a baddie, you can't carry the whole series. But no, um, and Daryl, and obviously, and obviously yeah. Daryl and Carol. Um, but they haven't driven the storyline much over the last no. few seasons, have they? No, no. I think that yeah, you know, I think that it's this last series and series ten have become more of an ensemble with the lack of Rick, mm. and it was always an ensemble. And I, yes, I could do without the the disposable characters who you half know. I, yeah, because like you know they're going to die. Of, there's a lot of characters. Um, I actually think Daryl, Daryl and Carol are, are brilliant. I even, I even kind of look fondly back at that fairly rubbish one-off episode where they just get in a grump with each other. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that one. Yeah, um, it was a bit dull, but um, I do like the yeah, characters. Well, Daryl grunts even more than he does normally. Yeah. <laughs> Looks more sweaty than normal. 
<laughs> and Carol tries to catch a rat. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. She loses it a bit. I really like it when Carol becomes fixated on something. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a kind of OCD aspect to her, hasn't she? She gets really fixated on something and has to complete a task to its absolute nth completion. Carol is an example of how um, genre stuff can sometimes lead into interesting places. You know, I always felt like the reason why the Alien series is so interesting is because horror films always have a female survivor and then that female survivor became like a female action hero. And that was like... yes. Yes. Um, you know, only because of that first kind of really boring stereotype did they end up in this second place, which is also really cool. But similarly with Daryl, Daryl is like a survivor of domestic abuse. Yeah, he is. Are you talking about Carol? Sorry, Carol, oh. sorry. Carol um, is a survivor of domestic abuse. Actually, Daryl is too, for that matter. Daryl is too, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Um, yeah. Of his and, brother. Yeah, and she is, and probably their their father. Dad, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Carol has gone through serious, proper character development uh, from that that kind of victim-type role. I, mean, I guess it's what you get in soaps, right? Characters just stick around for a long time, so they end up going through a lot of things. <laughs> but um, Yeah, she's been through a lot. She's pretty yeah. cool. She's a I mean, she got character. married again. She got divorced. Yeah, um, and she, she got yeah. she got kicked out of the community, and she got welcomed yep. back in. Welcome back in again. She did, she did, and she got kicked out for doing just something awful. Yes, really awful. But yeah, but she's still she's still a character that we can understand and sympathise with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think she's pretty amazing. So, that's a long pod, but I think yeah. we've um, covered. <laughs> I think we've covered them all. Yeah, we all have. those episodes and our yeah. expectations for the next eight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I won't ask you the question because I think it's just Walking Dead, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Walking but, Dead. Um, what uh, have you been watching? Anything else? What have we been watching? We've st- uh, yeah, we've almost finished the Stand, which is a Stephen right. King adaptation. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. very good, very very good. Uh, we've been watching. We finished. This is going to hurt on the BBC. Oh, yeah. Which was excellent and infuriating and irritating in all those measures in which, you know, our hero, in quotes, got away with it. Yeah. When, in fact, he really shouldn't have done. He should have been struck off for doing what he did. But he lied um, to save his own skin. But he's kind of an endearing character, so we... I feel very conflicted about everything that happens in that show, but it is very well done. Yes. Very well done. Um, we finished that. We've started watching uh, a show. No, um, let me think now. We've got a couple of new things on the go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, Life After Life, which I think you watched a bit of, but didn't get on with. That's about the woman who comes out of prison. No, that's Life. Oh, I don't know then. No, I don't know. So what that Life is. After Life is about the woman who <clears throat> keeps dying and then coming back. Not oh. coming back, but relives her life again. Okay. That's on the BBC. That's okay. very, very good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I recommend that. I haven't seen Life. I've heard that's good, though. Yeah, we watched yeah. a couple of episodes of that, and it was too depressing for the wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that the one with Daisy Haggard? Maybe. Okay, that's also on the BBC. Yeah, we yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's on the BBC. We enjoyed that. Um, yeah. We started watching... Um, 
Chivalry. Okay. Which is on Channel 4. That's with Steve Coogan and Sarah Solomnani, which is all about a <clears throat> dodgy, rather mis- misogynistic movie that gets taken away from the director and given to a female director to finish. Okay. And all of the stuff that goes along with that, with like the producer who is played by Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. It's, it's very good. movie okay. industry, so I enjoy it a great deal. Right. Um, other people's mileage may vary. Um, we've been watching a show called Love Life on the BBC, mm-hmm. which is an anthology. So each season is different characters, but they're all kind of the mm-hmm. same kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's about love life, you know, people meeting and having, you know, a love life, you know, affairs and that kind of thing. That's very good. Right. Um, what else? Yeah, that's about it, actually. We, we've been watching quite a lot at the moment. I've been yeah. uh, re-watching for me some of the early episodes of Green Wing with my daughter. I love Green Wing. I mean, Green it's Wing quite rude, is, though, isn't it? It's hilarious, but it's filthy. It's so filthy. <laughs> so, I was just thinking of some really filthy stuff that happens in it and thinking, you've been watching that with your daughter? Yeah, it's so that's been pretty painful. I but it think is so. It is so funny. I think particularly Michelle Gomez says some absolutely filthy things in that show. <laughs> Who's that? The, um, uh, who is, is she? The, the head of HR lady? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, they, so la- the last episode we watched ended with a sex scene with <laughs> with, with her and, and the radiologist. Oh, oh, okay. Boy. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's filthy. It's full of- yeah, it really is filthy. Yeah, it's good though. Isn't it, filming? Uh, but yeah, it's so funny and it's so painful, painfully accurate in some ways. Yeah. Um, and so we watched an episode just this evening. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Whether it's going to be as good as it seems, but we were a bit shocked by how non-painful it was. Of something on Netflix called Working Mums. Oh, we love that. And yeah. I, I, yeah. Just the the topic of it, which is basically that's about like women dealing with returning to work, seemed like it was yeah. just going to be really cheesy and stuff. But, but I noticed not. I noticed in the description that it's Canadian. Yes, and I thought, okay, let's just give it a try then. And so far, it seems really good. It's very good. Yeah. So my wife watched the first couple of series of that on her own, and then right. we watched them together. And there's a new one out now, so ah. it's very very good. Yeah. So it's. Is created by Catherine Reitman, who is the sister of uh, Reitman. Now, there, now. Okay, she's the daughter of Ivan Reitman, who recently died, but directed Ghostbusters, among other things. Okay. She's the sister of, oh boy, Kevin Reitman, who made Juno, among other things. Ah, so, uh, so they're a, they're a big sort of, um, you know, showbizy filmmaking family. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's her baby. It's her thing, and uh, she plays the lead character. Cool. And yeah. have have I talked to you about Maniac? No. Or maybe okay. is it is it a foreign language thing? Because maybe you no, have. no, no. It's uh, English language. It's on Netflix, and it's it's a little hidden gem, I'd say. Oh, okay. It's, I like those. It's um, it's pretty weird. It's kind of sci-fi, but it's really about, I think, what it's really about is living with um, serious mental illness. Okay. Uh, but it's kind of sci-fi-ish. 
And the sci-fi that it is, is if it's basically what in the 1960s, what they thought it would be like now. Right. So they they have lots of kind of um, sci-fi type stuff, but their computers have got have all got green screens and <laughs> flying uh, cars, maybe. Yeah, I think there are flying cars, but they maybe not. But anyway, they um, and the styling is very 60s, uh, and the the intelligent computer looks like a big bank of computing screens. Of, <laughs> yeah, of, of course, because that's what like, they had then yeah. with lights, flashing lights and stuff. Um, yeah. So the, the style, you will love the style. It's visually uh, very nice. Um, mm. And the the topic is essentially some some people are kind of forced into this or tricked into this drugs trial, which makes weird things happen. And, and this is called um, Maniac. It's called Maniac. Okay, I, I like the sound of that. I have to look that um, up. And I would say basically, if you liked Russian Doll, I think you'll like Maniac. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, that sounds good. We haven't started Russian Doll yet, by the way. The second series. No, not yet. No, no spoilers. Yeah. We watched we must the second do that, series, actually. and it was awesome. When I've watched that, we should do series two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Got any plugging? No plugging. Do you have any I, plugging? I got no plugging. We've been going on long enough. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's finish it now. <laughs> okay. Cool. Thanks a lot, listener. Thank Thanks, you very Sally. much. See you next time. Goodbye.